Welcome to The Art of Growth, where we use the Enneagram and the best tools we can find to help you transform. And this month, one of those very practical tools is about money. Because honestly, there are a few things that I've seen hold people back from the person they want to become more than money and resources and the handling of those things. Because when it's handled well, it provides more freedom. And when it isn't, it causes stress that impedes growth. And so we wanted to do this series on finance. And so we brought in Sean Cook from Advocate Wealth Management to help us out in two parts. One, to do this four-part podcast series on money. And then directly following this podcast series, there will be a live class on finances for people who want to work with Sean for six weeks. And that class is available on our website to sign up for right now at theartofgrowth.org under classes and events. And the class is called Making Money Work For You. There'll be a series of video teachings and live interaction and coaching and planning because we want to get people free, free to live into their purpose, which we talked about last week. Now, a lot of the financial advice that is out there is similar, but the way it gets nuanced and honestly, the heart behind it, I think really does make a difference. I personally went through a class with a very well-known person in this world several years ago, and it was very obvious to me that that person was out of touch with where a lot of us mortals uh, deal with money on a daily basis. So I'm really thankful for the the heart Sean brings, uh, the nuance that he brings, the the wisdom that he brings. And, and this is someone who, this is what he does for a living, is he helps people manage their money, He has been a coach to the Art of Growth business in this capacity. He manages investments, and he's very good at what he does. So shout out to my friend Christina, who introduced us. So we can now all benefit from his knowledge. So this week, let's get into it with Sean, talking about debt. So we are continuing in our series about Money and Wealth and Finances and Priority with Sean Cook. And if you didn't hear the last episode, you definitely need to hear that. That is the foundation to everything that we're going to be talking about from here on out. But I think this episode, we got to go into the problem because I think immediately when people start talking about like, oh, values and priority and I, you know, going where I want to with my money, it feels like, well, I can't even go there because I'm already stuck. Like I'm already in a position where I just don't feel like I can move at all. And I've experienced that. Like I've never talked about that aspect on on this podcast before, like in 2014, losing my job, following by losing, you know, my house and going into debt for the first time in my life when I had my entire life before that I had had a credit score in the 800s and, (laughs) and that didn't come back around until like last year. And then, you know, 2020 paying off all my debt and getting myself into a saving position for the first time in my life. But I know that feeling so well of just feeling stuck, Mm. being like every time something came up, feeling like crisis, you know, well, my tooth hurts, but can I afford a filling? How long can I go with my car needing this particular repair? You know, how long can I kick off that thing before I deal with this? Like, so where do we even start when someone's in a place where they just feel like I'm in crisis, I'm in a hole, I'm stuck. I just feel owned by everything and everyone in this regard. 
Like, how do we even get started on this topic, Sean? Yeah. To be honest, I still start in the same spot. So if you listen to the last podcast, it still starts with re-talking about what your purpose and your priorities are. And it becomes very clear the number one purpose when you're in that situation is getting out of debt, right? Debt is Mm. kind of like the noose around your neck and it feels like you can't move, you can't go anywhere without ending it. So that's, that's the goal is to move away from that is the number one priority. But all the other things still help us motivate you, still help us get you to the position of being out of debt. Mm. Once we kind of go down the track of understanding what all the priorities are that you have and setting a goal list. So usually the first goal is getting out of debt, but how do we do that? Yeah. And you said motivation, which is a big thing because there's nothing more demotivating financially than being in debt. Correct. Well, and like you said, you feel stuck. You feel frozen in in kind of what you have capacity-wise. I don't feel like I have any room to wiggle. Not only I don't have money to wiggle or utilize to pay down the debt, mm-hmm. but I also don't make enough income to make a difference. <laughs> so like, I'll give one example. I had a client that had $60,000 in credit card debt on top of all the other debt. And in one year, we paid that down. Another client had $30,000 in credit card debt. We got that down in a year. So these are relatively high earners then. Uh, no. Okay. No. Um, <laughs> not, necess- not necessarily. One of them, yes. The other one, no. Interesting. The interesting thing is when you, when you go through the exercise of talking through your priorities and the lifestyle you want and then setting goals to it. So let's say, again, the, the number one goal is pay down debt. Okay. But what does that mean? So if you have $30,000 in credit card debt, it's not one card. It's how many cards? How many of them are maxed? How many of them are... You know, where are they at? What, what other financial assets do you have available to you? Mm. What other income streams do you have available to you? What other, so like talking through the full gamut of your life, what you have available in either resources and or time or energy mm. to put towards fixing what's been done, right? So yeah. the first thing we have to do is heal. So we got to kind of like heal what's been done. So we got to like work backwards to get towards the wealth building phase. Um, so this is a, usually a more painful part. So when you talked about, in the first episode we did about thinking about a budget and feeling like it's a prison. Yeah. It's because this is what you had been through Yeah, at that stage, right? Where you were like, I can't move. I'm stuck. A budget does feel like a prison because it's going to restrict you. And without the right priority and motivation, it feels that way. Got it. So anyone here been through a a weight loss journey at some point? Oh yeah. (laughs) Right. Where you're like, if I don't make different decisions, you know, I'm not going to be able to walk or yeah. talk or be there for my kids or, you know, do whatever those things are. The decision you have to make then, is that a prison? Mm. It doesn't feel like it because because of the small gains. Like every time you lose a pound, it feels less and less like that because then you feel like, oh, I'm actually in control. Mm. I agree. It, so taking ownership of the debt, taking ownership of there's something I can do here. Isn't that the feeling that you get when you start to see the debt decrease? Yes. That becomes the focus. That becomes the, the, the goal. And with it, there's a sense of ownership. And with it, there's a sense of confidence, growing confidence. Well, and part of my job along that journey is to help celebrate, right? So not mm. only is it paired with, hey, we just paid $1,000 off our yeah. credit card debt, right? And we're literally tracking your net worth month over month. Mm. So you start negative X and you see that, that pile decrease and decrease and yeah. move towards even and move, you know, the goal is to move that up while we're talking about how we're getting closer to you buying that house you want or getting the next job or doing whatever else. So you still have the big picture as the big picture. It is not just about getting out of debt. Correct. It never can just be about that. That is so 
amazing because that's what we talk about all the time in, in coaching clients is it can't just be about the thing you want to stop doing. It has to be the thing that you want to start doing. It's got to be what you're moving towards. Yeah. 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 The motivation has to be bigger. What I tell a lot of retirees, side, side subject here is not don't retire from a job. Retire to a different lifestyle. So yeah, like usually it's not like quitting that. and not working, yeah, yeah. right? It's it's quitting and then starting a business. It's quitting and working part-time. Yeah. It's quitting and volunteering. So it's setting up where you're going next so yeah. that you're continuing this journey of Well, life. we've seen retirees actually do that very thing you're talking about. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to some because I want to do. And those people never slow down in the sense of they don't. They're busy. They're busy. They're happier, though. They're happier. They're yep. happier. <laughs> Rather than the ones that ended up the way you described it. Like, I, I, I'm retiring from a job. Yep. And then they're bored. They're watching know? TV on the couch. Yeah. Twiddling their thumbs saying, like, what am I doing next? Yeah. yeah. A lot of the retirees I work with, there are differences in genders and how genders, in my experience, have dealt with retirement. Men specifically really struggle without a do. Mm. Yeah. Without having a do afterwards, the sitting on the couch becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. There's, there's actually statistics around this yeah. as far as, like, if they're if they're doing nothing, yep. life expectancy shrinks dramatically. Radically. Correct. Yeah. And what I found is the limit for the clients that I've had retire to just retire has been about a two-year window before they're doing something else. Yeah. They, even they can't, like, unless it's a health reason yeah. that they had to retire, two, within two years they're starting a business or trying to get a job somewhere. Yeah. Right. Because, I mean, if you have a health crisis, like, that becomes your job. You like, can't do you, anything Taking care it. of your health is, is your job. Yeah. But if your health is okay, yeah, you have to, we have to be doing something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, the same thing is true for addiction. Mm-hmm. If your, your focus is, I'm just getting sober. off, I'm getting oh, sober, yeah. that's not enough. Because <laughs> we meet those people and it's like, we talk with them and they're just like hanging on. It's like, I'm sober, I'm sober, I'm sober. But there's a shift dynamically when it's, I want to do this with my life. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the old concept of don't think about a white polar bear. <laughs> Good luck. help but not think well, about Well, I do that bear. on the golf course yeah. with my buddies. It's like, don't look at the trap that's in front of that's you. That's right. Don't, don't look There's at There's no it, water. Right? There's no water. There's no water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's it with, with debt, right? Going back to the debt conversation, yeah. when, when that's the focus, when that's the only thing moving you forward, it's depressing. Mm-hmm. It feels like a prison. Yeah. But if the goal is what's beyond it, mm-hmm. if that's what's moving us. So like, again, if, if, the, if the object is stay in this mode and just survive it for 20 years or double down on whatever I need to do for the next year and a half and then have the life I want, when you take the full cost, going back to that conversation we had last episode, full cost is the goal. Mm. That's an easy choice. Yeah. But marginally, the choices I'm going to have to make for the next 18 months are going to be tough. Yeah. Well, this is clicking for me because you're like, have you ever been on a weight loss journey? And in 2019, I lost like 30 pounds and did a triathlon. And in 2020, I paid off all my debt. (laughs) So it was like literally two years back to back of literally trying to take control one of my body and then uh, and then one of the finances. And I remember the goal in 2019 was not to lose 30 pounds. Like I did not have a weight goal at all. The the goal was to be able to do this triathlon. And and looking at myself and being like, there's no way I can do this. But just, okay, well, if I want to do this, then I want to move this way. And if I want to move this way, I need to be more efficient with my food. I wouldn't need to spend this much time on a bike and this much time running and this much time swimming. And it's just as I did those moving toward that one goal, the thing that was in the way, the weight, like slowly came off naturally. It is a very similar kind of thing. I never 
tied the two together until you just said that. But 100%. Like, oh, wow. It's a snowball effect. That's the goal you're going for when it comes to debt and in building wealth, right? You're, you're, what you're trying to do is take this little small ball right. and roll it enough that it becomes a big ball and it becomes, a, you know, the base of what becomes a, mm. a snowman, right? So, like, that's, mm. that's the whole agenda behind getting out of debt is we don't have to pay it all down in the first month, <laughs> right? In the right. first two months, in the first three months. When you're doing your health journey, mm. the first three months are minimal. Yeah. You, you see some, some movement forward usually, and then you hit a plateau and you're stuck yeah. for a little bit. And then you, once you get past that, you feel this like, oh, we're going downhill. Yeah. This is exciting. Right. So like the, the initial part of the journey is tough, right? Like that you're going uphill a little bit until you can get over that cusp and head down. Oh, for sure. So you mentioned two things that help people regarding their current situation, whether if they're in crises, one is reduced debt. The other one is Make more money. Make more money. Okay, so explain that because you're yeah. like, there's only two. If you're in debt, if you're in you're debt, stuck. There's two options. There's only two. There's only two. You have a finite amount of resources, right? You have the time you've been given, the energy you have with the time you've been given, and the money that you make during the time that you, yeah, that you're alive, right? So, the two options are either I spend less of the resources I'm making, and I use that to pay down debt, which is priority one. We're going to do that no matter what. In some capacity, we're going to find a way to pay less or to cut things that are not a part of our priority list mm. or that are lower on the priority list that we can push off for a time before we can pull them back in and make them a part of what we're trying to accomplish. The second option is doubling down on the work side and picking up a side hustle or a you know, 1099 job somewhere, starting a side business or Ubering for a little bit, right? <laughs> Whatever you do need to do. Yeah. And again, if the priority is big enough and it's exciting, it, it, it'll move you forward, you'll do what it takes mm-hmm. and you'll get it taken care of. And that's where, you know, I have seen clients that have these massive amounts of credit card debt be completely out of debt within 12 to 18 months. Do you think that they need support in that space too? Because I can imagine some people are like, I can uh, I can bear down and, and do it myself. And other people probably, feel, I, I feel like I need support in that space. I feel like I need like some some form of accountability. Yeah, I, I feel like part of the problem is that it's a joint effort most of the time. So it's going to take three people, right? It's going to take spouse A, spouse B, and then someone else helping keep them accountable to each other and what they've set out as a priority. Because what mm-hmm. I have found is most often couples are on different pages. So person A is, we need to save and stop spending. Person B is, what do you mean? Let's spend. So we have to get them to agree on a joint agenda to even start down that path where, you know, I've, I've had couples I've met with where one is, well, I don't want to work. And the other person is drowning saying like, I'm overworked. I can't work another yeah. hour. Yeah. And if you don't help, we're going to be stuck here and I'm going to be unhappy. Yeah. yeah. The so, top reason for divorce yeah. <laughs> right, right. in the country <laughs> Yes, is these, is this exact topic. So it's bigger even than just getting out of debt. It ends up being that you came in most people don't have these conversations before marriage, or if you do some form of mar- marriage counseling, it's a peripheral topic. It's a, it's a part of it. You want to know where things are. But understanding how someone spends money and what motivates them is a much more detailed thing that you don't really understand until you're you know, together. So Again, this is about aligning values. It's I mean, aligning yeah. values and being on the same, at least agreeing in principle on how we're going to do things. It doesn't mean you can't have individual things you do. That can be a part of it. But you have to agree on like what the, the agenda ones. is yeah. to attack it. Yeah. Uh, and, and usually both people kind of have to be on board. And money is one of really big... a one person problem, right? This is normally a yeah. And and I mean, problem. it's a you're, you're you're naming one of the big pillars. I mean, you think about things that structurally f- help a, a relationship and how you know if you're married, single, whatever it is. But 
helps you move forward in life. Finances is a major, major pillar. Mm. I mean, if you if you want a vacation, like if you think that'll bring joy to your family, how do you <laughs> yeah. do it without money? Right. right. Uh, I mean, you can hop in the car, hop on a bike, and drive somewhere for a little bit and come back. Is that a, is that the vacation that you're looking for? Is that yeah, yeah. right? So so again, all of it goes back to like what what are we trying to accomplish? What's really the end goal with where we're going? And then we can take steps to get there. So back to the snowball um, piece, real quick. When it comes to debt, usually you want to take it in bite sized pieces. So once we've identified all the priorities and we've laid out the goals and then we've looked at where all the debt is and where things are hiding and, you know, we pull all the skeletons out and we take a look at them. We call them what they are. We're not afraid of them. We're just going to attack the littlest piece first. Let's go get the littlest piece. So most of the time when you're doing a a debt snowball, you're trying to take out the smallest amount of thing. Whatever the interest rate is, you're trying to go after the smallest thing, whatever that is. So you got a credit card, one credit card that's 500 bucks at Macy's, right? And then you've got a you know, $10,000 card somewhere else, a lot of people are trying to pay the same amount on both cards. And they stay in this, like, nothing ever gets paid off. Yeah. Right? So uh, creating a debt snowball is also about, like, attacking one thing with overpaying as much as you can, paying the minimums on other things. Until that's off, then you can apply that amount to the next piece. And we can keep snowballing it until you're paying off an entire card with one payment. Yeah. And those things start to pick up pace as you kind of go along. Mm. How do we do that while you're living your current life? That's the hard part. Well, I think one of the yeah. hopeful things, though, in my mind, is just the the era in which we are in. Mm-hmm. There's never been an easier time to have something on the side that can generate income. So to me, this is a hopeful time because we're actually less stuck yeah. than than we were. Because you can, you know, you can operate in the digital world. You can do things. Yeah. You can sell things. Like I, so many people have come up with so many different creative ways just to do something that can generate some income. Yeah. I mean, even right now, today, as we're sitting here, the job market is hot everywhere. There's jobs that cannot be filled. We don't have enough people looking for the amount of jobs that are available out there. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So I I think the other part of the the problem is, again, our comfort zone and where where we've been in our career to this point or what we feel comfortable doing. If you're going to stay in your comfort zone, sometimes it gets really hard to get out of the debt cycle. Because comfort is kind of what got you there. You made poor decisions up front, oftentimes. Not always. Sometimes it is like health, right? And you have yeah. this big health bill and you sure. can't, can't yeah. get away from it. Yeah. Sometimes it is just like, you know, we DoorDash every night. Or, <laughs> right, we put that vacation on and then my car broke down right after. And then, uh, right, yeah. three things snowballed into this big debt Or just cycle. a series of bad luck. Or yeah, a series sometimes. of bad luck, right? It really Where you, sucks. Exactly. Yeah. You get fired from a job while right after you purchased a house. And now you yeah. have this like yeah. extra debt that you weren't prepared for. So, yeah. so again, oftentimes it's it's that cycle that kind of gets you stuck. And then you're in a comfort zone of like, this is what I was doing when this other stuff happened. Yeah. And I don't want to stop doing it. I, I like what we have. You kind of got to yeah. let go of that comfort That's of I like it. Piece. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and you go to the yeah. comfort because there because of what's happened, there's already pain. I've seen this too. This is an emotional component where I already experienced so much discomfort. And now you want me to experience more discomfort in order to get out of this place? Yes. And you're like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's and it's not that I want discomfort. What I want is the end goal that you have in mind. Yeah. Right. And you have to want that end goal more than I do, or we're not getting there. If yeah. I want it more for you than you yeah. do, yeah. we're we're just going to be stuck in the mud. We're not getting anywhere. Have you experienced that? I have. I have. Not often, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, but I have experienced it where people just aren't willing to, they're too comfortable. 
It really becomes about yeah. they're willing to stay in that cycle. It's not uncomfortable enough. It's not painful enough to make a move. Yeah. So to have the life they want isn't enough of, of a motivation because they're still somewhat comfortable in yeah. the life yeah. they have. Yeah. Oh, we've seen that in our work, which is why I love my friend Laura when she's talking about people getting sober. She says so many times people ask the question, is it bad enough to change? And she says, switch it. Is it actually good enough to say the same? Is this good enough for you? I agree. And that's why I have to keep that values, priorities, purpose yeah. discussion at the forefront, even in dealing with the debt, which seems simple, pay down the debt. Yeah. But it's a much broader, much more emotional and shameful topic that you have to cut through those things with something motivational enough for that person to get them to move away from comfort towards the life they really do care about. So is that what can help them get out of that shame? Yes. And that's what I have found, at least to this point, is that okay. most of the time, having a little bit of success matters early. Mm, so you like have to, small wins. Small wins. Small yes. wins matter. Drawing closer to a goal. Mm -hmm. And then the other piece that is important is actually like overcoming hiccups. Every single client along the path of paying down debt has had something happen with their car. Something has happened with their house. Like something always goes wrong when we're on this, like we're riding high, we're feeling good, we're getting down, mm. something clicks and then you can feel them like, oh, yeah. oh no, oh, yeah. no here point. we go. The so apathy. like once they clear yeah. that first hurdle, it, it's pretty much like a done deal at that point. I feel like we're, we're going to get to the finish line. If they've cleared that first hurdle, we're in good shape because oh, they now so have like the success, the success in mind. They have started to have some small wins. They've, yes. they've come up to a problem yes. and then overcome it. Got it. Once so they, that's really when they're really on their way. That's the, when they're on their way. So the small wins get you started. Then usually something else is going to go wrong. And when you've been challenged on where you're going and the purpose you're fighting <laughs> yes, for and the it. challenge meets you and you have to make a decision to go backwards uh, and like go back to where you were, where it was comfortable. At that's, least. The, that's the hero's journey. That's it. You have to have your, your conflict. You have to have your battle. And, and a lot of people do want to go back, but that's what propels you to the, you know, the next stage. Of the journey. And, and that's what I've seen as the defining moment for almost that's everybody. Really, that's been, wow. it's, it's been a, something has happened that's, to that's like crazy, derail yeah. whatever was a simple, we're on track, we're doing it, mm. we're getting there, mm. we're feeling good. Yeah. Boom. And now we have to like reevaluate almost because we have to make a decision. We put a thousand dollars in savings. So in case something happened, we'd have it. Do we use that or do we use the credit card now that something happened? Mm. Mm. Or, right, so like, then you start having these discussions about how do we do it. So the good thing is there's someone there to have that discussion, yeah. Yeah. right, that we can bounce, bounce ideas, talk through what's going on, and they're not doing it alone. Not only are you seeing red, you have the fringes on the side of your eyes where you're feeling stressed. You have someone to kind of like walk you through, hey, that's okay. We're fine. But this yeah. doesn't change anything, right? So it's, it, it's kind of that the confidence builder. Mm. And once they've overcome it, like on your health journey, right, when you have that first cheat yeah. meal, and you go weigh in or you do, you know, you're like, oh, no, I'm, I didn't work out for the last three days. Am I going to be okay? And then you right. get over that hump and you're back on your normal rhythm and your normal habit. Yeah. And then you actually remember, oh, I've actually come further than I realized. See, because that's the emotional component. And I, I've experienced this. So you start making those small wins, but then the thing happens. And emotionally, what it feels like is I am right back to where I was. But then if you go through it, you realize, oh, I'm actually not back to where I was. I'm not all the way back there. I'm actually further along than I thought. I've processed through the emotional trigger of feeling like I'm right back to where I was. 
Which is really why so much of this conversation matters and why I think it ties in the art of growth is because it's, it's not the reality. It's the trigger. It's the emotion. It's the experience of like, oh, crap. Now I'm right back to where I was. No, you're not. I used to tell my clients, don't evaluate yourself based on what just happened in the last 24 hours. Because you can evaluate your life based on any situation at any point in time and feel like, I'm a failure. I'm a disaster. I'm not going anywhere. Rather, look at the look at a longer span mm. of time. Yeah. And if you're taking the steps, then over a span of time, you start to see progress. And I think we're all hardwired to see progress. I don't think any of us are wired to be okay with a stasis and, you know, we may at times want it, but I think we're we're pretty hardwired to see movement, progress, growth uh, within us. Yeah, I agree. And I think what I have seen in dealing with clients when they have these moments of like, oh no, is, is it is like an emotional trauma, right? Everyone yeah. we know has trauma they're healing from, right? Yeah. Our parents have left something in us, a coach, a teacher, someone has caused trauma in your life and you are living from it, right? Finances are similar where you are living from what you've been taught, what you've learned along the way, habits you weren't given. Right. So part of the process up until this moment of disaster, let's call it, or, or challenge, you've been building new habits, just like you do in your health journey where you're building yep. habits. And you don't realize how strong those habits are that you've been building or the, the methodology. So now when this problem comes up, you feel like you're going back, but you're thinking about it differently than you ever have. So that's kind of the key in getting that like ball rolling forward again. It's like, you're not where you were. Let's look at how far we've come. Mm. Yeah. Let's look at what we're doing differently. That, you know, so I want to maybe expand this a little bit be yeah. because this is an increasing your wealth is also very, very important yeah. if you can, if you're in a place where you can do that. I think of that being a very big part of my own journey. So again, self-pres is really low in me. Couple that with my own upbringing mm -hmm. and the way I was raised was not in a family that ever made any money. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were poor. There was always this oh, the shadow that existed over us. And I've checked this out with my siblings. And I agree. <laughs> I've always felt that shadow of like, we're never financially, we're never getting out of here. Yeah. We're stuck in this hole. And some of my siblings do have self-preservation as their either first or second. And because of it, they've actually turned things around and been okay financially. Mm -hmm. But I look at my life and I think, yeah, that carried me for a number of years. And uh, only in the recent few years, when we started doing this coaching business and starting to actually name, I mean, I remember the moment where I had to say, do I put a price tag to this coaching? Mm. And I was supported by Jim and others who were like, you have to. I had a coach that said to me, you have to start doing this. Go ahead and name your price. And then other coaches that came along and started challenging me on the business front, like, what are you doing? How are you developing mm. this? And all of those things were, were terrifying at first. But as I began building on that, that became, wow, I can do this. And uh, what a surprise that was to be able to do that. And it's a wonderful feeling of, again, gaining more ownership. If we talked about in the previous episode, gaining more ownership of your life and feeling like you can actually make a contribution. And it isn't about the money, ultimately, at right. the end of the day. It's totally about the service that I love to offer the world. But I can't do that unless I'm dealing with <laughs> the, the realities of managing wealth. You still got to eat. 
Still got to eat. Got to sleep somewhere. Yep. yep. Right? You still got a family to take care of. So there's yeah. still all the normal things that you that you have to go back and deal with. I think in the the building wealth side, right, what does that mean? What does that look like? When you're in the debt situation that we're talking about, that does not seem like a lot, like a thing that's actually possible. Mm, that yeah. doesn't seem real. And I think the joy for me in this job is watching people go from $60,000 in credit card debt to plus X amount of money oh, yeah. know, saved, yeah. feeling confident, feeling excited Huge. and like, yeah. I mean, I have conversations with, with some clients and we're saying like, what do we do with this? <laughs> like, yeah, right. What, now, what do we do? Yeah, right? yeah. And the conversation becomes more about what now, what potholes are on the road. So we've created a roadmap, right? We've gotten rid of the, the negative piece. We've gotten rid of the debt. And now we're working towards the future we want and what we're trying to accomplish. So then we got to start looking at what could possibly disrupt this plan. Do you think that that's sometimes harder I don't, I, to shift for some? I think the shift can be hard because you're some. because if you're used to a certain I'm thinking of a uh, Stephen Pressfield yeah right in his book on the war of art yeah like people are more comfortable and addicted sometimes and I know I relate to this too I can see it in my own life to living a particular way that's familiar yeah which has its chaos and it's got its problems but it's familiar and it is shifting from that way of living because that's what you're dealing with in your world is yep. you're helping people to leave a way of thinking. So it's much more than just about money and Mm -hmm. about, you know, cash. It's about a way of thinking, a way of being. Yeah. And and that's where the initial conversations help lay that foundation for it. The purpose. That's all that stuff. Where at least we can come back to that and reevaluate. What's so unique about what I do is that it's constantly changing, right? If you look back five years ago and told me what was important, and then fast forward your life five years. Are those same things? No. <laughs> What's still important? Yes. Yeah. It evolves, right? It evolves. Yeah. It grows. It gets com- more complex as things grow and, yeah. and change. So like you, we're dealing with complexity. When you get out of debt and you get into the wealth building, now the, the more wealth, the more complex. Yeah. Then we can have strategies and we can build different tools and different flexibilities and we can, mm-hmm. we can create paths to protect you against ever going back to, the, mm. to those things, and then not even getting to a point where that's kind of a, a concern on the roadmap. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so talk about the, the potholes. What are some potholes mm. that people run into? Yeah, so potholes that, that a lot of people run into would be unexpected expenses. So this would go back to, again, something happens with your car, something happens with your house, something happens with your health. What do you have stored up. And for entrepreneurs, it's a whole different ballgame, which I have a lot of entrepreneurs. So if you're working for a company, most likely you have a form of like short-term and long-term disability. Yeah. Okay. If you're an entrepreneur, you have one, (laughs) right? Nope. Nope. And if you don't have one, what happens if, Mm. ta-da, you can't work? What happens to your family? What if you're the sole breadwinner providing for your family? So that's a conversation. What happens if the primary breadwinner entrepreneur doesn't come home. What happens if they die in a car accident on the way home from work? Yeah. What, what did you leave behind? What is, the, what is the strategy for the family? What happens if both of the, the husband and wife both pass? Who gets the kids? Yeah. What does lifestyle look like? So there's a bunch of these types of potholes that are kind of like broad like that. And then yeah. there's much more. Much more, I imagine, mundane. and Much more mundane and unique day, to the individual yeah. that, that are a, a lot more conversational, right? About like, wh- where are you at? What's happening? What decisions do we need to kind of tweak and shift? Like, you know, my, my child is 14. We haven't started a college fund. How do we fund that? 
do we put money into a college fund for the next four years? Do we build a joint account? Do we, right? So there's dialogue on how to get where you're trying to go because there's a lot of ways to slice the bread. Mm-hmm. So it, it just depends on each individual situation and how complex yeah. and what we're dealing with at that stage. Yeah. 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 I love hearing stories about people that have who've gotten out of it because then it does, it gives you a little bit of hope. And it's hard because I feel like it's almost easier in the weight loss thing because there's lots of like pictures. Like here's me at 430 pounds. My friend did this. And then here's me after I lost, you know, over 200 pounds. And there's, you can see it. It's very visual, mm-hmm. but you can't, you can't, v- get a picture of this in the same way. But there is like the story and the narrative of like the experience of it. And I'll never forget a client who said something to me that just really taught me one day where she was a type six and she was saying how she had struggled so much in her finances. And now she was in a place that was a lot more stable and she had sort of gone through this process that we've been describing. And she said, you know, something came up the other day. I had this problem with my car and I started to feel like, oh no, like feeling of this is a problem. She's like, and then I realized, oh, I don't have a problem. I just have an expense. Mm-hmm. So something had shifted in her brain. And when she said that, I don't have a problem anymore. I just have an expense. And I was like, that is a great goal to have emotionally that experience. So where you have those small wins, something goes wrong, you're able to move past that, then you're really on your way to where you get to a point. And to me, I think, we, you know, we talked in the last episode about feeling wealthy. Mm-hmm. I think you start feeling different, feeling wealthy, when you can say to yourself, oh, I don't have a problem. I just have an expense. And because I know all of these feelings. So no matter where people are listening today, like I know those feelings of shame. I know the feeling of like, you know, I was a kid. As a kid, I remember our family being on food stamps with a disabled dad and a mom who had wanted to be a stay-at-home mom and then had to, you know, take a job and we were just trying to get by. Like I know that feeling. I know the feeling of feeling guilty about doing okay, Mm. which is I think one thing we didn't bring up, but when you actually start doing okay, Because I felt I should be doing things for free or helping people and I'll take the bad end of the deal because I can take it, Mm. right? And then actually, (laughs) and then Suzanne, when we were working with, and she's like, I think you should be charging this. I think this is what you should, your knowledge, your expertise, this is what you command. And I was like, I'm not worth that, is what I told her. Mm. I said, I'm not worth that. And she said, I think you need to test that assumption. And it just like haunted me like all week. I was just like, you can test that assumption. And then actually starting to charge. And then, and then all of a sudden I needed some dental work done and I didn't have to worry about it. Like I just had an expense and not a problem. And people were valuing more what I was doing because they were investing in themselves in order to do that. And so I've seen this whole gamut and all of this change and Honestly, like I still have the emotional triggers Mm -hmm. because the way I was raised, because the experiences I had, those are ingrained. But it's like you have to do this work little by little to even start believing it. And and I have so far to go, but it's these like little things that when you start to move in this direction, you do, you start to have ownership of your life. Then it can start to evolve into something that is more beautiful, more consistent with who you are. Because I heard someone say that years ago, like, when you have more money, you just become more of what you already are. Mm. 
And I'm like, yeah, I actually get to be more generous now. Like I can do things now. Like that's very freeing. And that's what we really want people to experience, right? That freedom, consistently yeah. with their values of freedom. And to do that, we have to, just like when we talk with people in Enneagram world, in order to deal with this, we have to deal with our darkness first. Like that's definitely a part of it. It's so that we can let our light shine. We have to deal with our darkness. And I think what we're talking about in this episode with debt and everything else is like, this is kind of dealing with our darkness for better words. Like this is dealing with the part of ourselves we'd rather not face. But when we do, we're able to let our light shine like so much more. But we do so with that optimism of what is before us. What's the, what's the possibility mm. if I were to live into my purpose? What's, my, what's the possibility there? Mm. And then I think it enables us to more engage the difficult parts. And I think, too, for those of you who maybe are thinking, well, this is all great, but the unspoken maybe for you is my relational circle wouldn't like that, wouldn't like me changing. What do I do about that? And how do I even begin to think about, you know, that kind of thing? I mean, we create universes, we create worlds. We sometimes are born in a world that's like this. I was going to say, I'm actually working with a consulting client right now, small business owner. What we're explaining is the difference between being in survival mode. Mm. When, you're in, when you're trying to just survive, desire doesn't come into it. Yes, that's right. right. Desire is not what we're dealing right. with. And I was going through this exercise uh, with him and talking through kind of like what he wanted, where he wanted to go. And he couldn't even come up with answers. It felt so foreign. And I just said, you're in survival mode and I need you to get to desire mode. I need you to start telling me what you want. Where are you trying to go? What are we trying to accomplish? And it kind of like blew his mind in a, in a way because everyone in his life to that point had been survival mode. His family, all the relationships had all been this one mode. It reinforces it. And it reinforces it. And it, it's hard for him to project outside of that. Isn't it? Yeah. So he had to like, yeah. so just from conversation A to conversation B was a whole different. So you didn't let him off the ropes? No. I love that. No. And he had, he had homework at that point. Yeah. But, it, but, but did he get there? <laughs> he did. He did. You know, this is remarkable because you think like, no, you can't get out of that because you're stuck, you know, in that survival mode. But you didn't let them off the ropes. You kept pressing them. And, and you press in and it doesn't mean that it's solved because it is, like yeah. Jim said, step by step. Sure. It is like you come out of it, but your community oh, is still there. You're still there. So <laughs> it, come you, back you, you walk it, yeah. out of the room with me and out of the room yeah. of your business, and you walk right back into the same thing you were in. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it is, it's work. It's not something that's necessary. You almost like, have to seek people if you, if you don't have a financial coach, if you don't have somebody helping you who's an expert in that field, you almost have to surround yourself with people that, and even, even if you can't physically surround yourself with people, you start looking at YouTube clips of people that are successful, that have really managed their wealth. Not people who are trying to sell you anything, obviously, but Correct. people that, that are talking about their own story of, of emerging from that. And then see if you can get some people in the physical world that you can kind of start to engage in and talk to. Because just realizing this is not normal because like if you're surrounded, again, you're reinforced by this world, you actually perceive that that's, that's real. That's the real world. And when you begin to engage with other people who aren't living that world, but are living a different kind, that can sometimes help you. And so in my conversation with, with like my process and what you're getting, what's the value proposition that I'm bringing to the table? The two things that I am with are freedom to live the life you want and connection to the round table of advisors that you have at the table because we all have it. 
Mm. We all have a board of advisors for our family, Isn't for that our funny? personal lives. Yeah, so true. Sometimes we didn't yeah. choose them on purpose. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Uncle Bob's the one that always gave me the financial <laughs> advice. Yeah. Right. And so like whoever that person is, you you have seated someone in a, at the table to give you advice. And yeah. Reevaluating so your table is always important. So good. So part of what I help people do is evaluating the table. That's Excellent. a big part of what yeah. I think everyone needs to do from mm. a financial, from a health, from a where Every are you getting your information. Of your life. Correct. Mm. Yes. So good. Yeah. You brought that up when we were talking about this initially and I forgot about it, but this is a huge aspect. Like who's on your board? Yep. Your personal advisory board. Your personal advisory board. Who's on it? Did you choose them? And and like, how are they doing? That was a question that you like to ask. Are me. they qualified? Are they qualified to be on this board? Like, <laughs> yes. Do they deserve to be there? Because, you know, the whole like never take advice from someone you wouldn't trade places with in that area of their life. That's a great question. Like who's informing your decisions? Who informed the decisions you've, that have led you to where you are? Mm -hmm. And can you question them? Right. Yeah. It's like the person who's never had a single relationship that's lasted for <laughs> any length of time. That's and now telling you to have a better <laughs> Exactly. So 100%, you need to reevaluate. Wherever yeah. you're getting advice from, you need to ask, yeah, yeah. why? Well, you have to look backwards and go, like, why do I even think about it this way? What thinking led me to this spot that I'm in? Who informed that? And can I get better advice? Because that, that's why when it started to seek that, I was like, I got to seek better sages on this because this is not something that I understand. And it's not in my purview. And I've never had great examples of this. So it's like, and you do, you have to seek out voices who can inform a different story. Well, I think it matters when we're doing, when you're doing all the personality work and all the growth work yeah. in general, right? Where this plays in is understanding why was I drawn to this advice mm. or why did I take this advice? How did I get here? And a lot of that has to do with like who you are, what you're drawn to, what you're not drawn to, right? Going back yeah. to that conversation. Oh, yeah, for and, sure. And sometimes because of how you got here is a big part of why you're stuck there. Yeah. So to get out of it, you're going to have to like get to know yourself better, do the work yeah. internally to then make this, all these external things happen. That's a big part of yeah. what I'm trying to do in the financial process, but also what fits so well with what you guys do. And to wrap up this session, comfort, if comfort is our, our ultimate goal, right? The familiar, we're going to stay there. Whatever change we do that's healthy and good for us, it's going to initially feel uncomfortable. And so we have to become comfortable with the uncomfortable to get ultimately to the place where we are much happier. And in truth, at that point, I think much more comfortable. Mm. Because the unfamiliar is uncomfortable, but then we're becoming more familiar with it. We're going to get more comfortable with it. And we're actually going to be yeah. heading where we want to go. So thank you so much for joining us. Like I mentioned in the previous podcast, We'll talk some about the practical side of finances on the podcast, but we really wanted to focus in on the heart of it so that the class can focus in on the practicality and the planning and the execution of a plan. Because as much as we'd like to, podcasts can't do what classes can do and classes can't do what podcasts can do, which is like, you know, reach a lot of people. So head over to theartofgrowth.org and you can sign up for the class Making Money Work for You under the classes and events section. But we are still here for you if you need coaching or Enneagram typing interviews or a free Enneagram and instincts test that is on our website. But for now, my friends, may you be empowered in every area of your life. May you remember today that no matter how far you sink, there is always a way out. There is always a way to move through 
the pain, move through the insecurity, move through the trials you have faced and are facing. And may you have hope and vision for what you want to build with your life. Because that is where you will find the most fulfillment in you freed to be you. Grace and growth, my friends. <laughs>